Hey MSA, today's a podcast kind of day, so sit back, relax, and let the voices of the unheard take it away. Um, welcome back to the Voices of the Unheard podcast. My name is Murad, uh, and I'm co-hosting this episode with Brother Zach and our soon-to-be-announced guest speaker, alhamdulillah, guest uh, podcastee, or whatever the term is, inshallah. You can go ahead, Zach. All right. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Uh, it's, it's your boy, Zach, back again. Zachariah, back again. Uh, alhamdulillah, we took a little break, and this podcast is coming out. We're filming it in meeting week. Uh, probably going to come out, I think, in the last part of reading week or maybe a bit after that. Um, they were really excited to have our guest here, uh, this mystery guest that Murad's been hyping up. Uh, his name is Brother Hassan Ibrahim. Uh, Hassan, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name is Hassan Ibrahim, as uh, Zach said. I go to McMaster. I'm in my second year of kinesiology. I heard about the podcast and I thought it would be an interesting opportunity to interact uh, with the community and tell people about my experiences while also uh, discussing with you guys. So I'm excited to be here. I look forward to this episode. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Yeah, um, you know, especially, you know, it's really nice to get, um, you know, new voices on the podcast, right? And I encourage everyone to come out because, um, you know, uh, we're third years, so a lot of our experiences uh, naturally are going to be shaped by, you know, how much the amount of time that we spent on campus, or rather, subhanAllah, the time that we haven't spent on campus. Um, so Hassan, um, I guess to start the conversation, uh, you know, you're in second year, um, you just came back on campus, you know, very recently, I assume. So like, tell us how that's been, like, how has it been readjusting? Has it been better or worse? How's that been that product, that, um, transition for you? It's definitely been a big transition for me since my entire first year was online. And so during second year is actually my first time actually being on campus. Like I was supposed to go on like a tour on in like March 2020 just before the pandemic or like just at the beginning of the pandemic so that was canceled so I, I never actually went to campus properly until my second year so that was definitely a big adjustment um especially I commute from Mississauga right so it's like an hour each way it does get tiring like at first it was tiring but now I'm used to it uh first semester only labs and tutorials were in person and this semester, alhamdulillah, everything's going in person. Seems like we're going back to normal, which is good and bad in some aspects, I like could say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I've heard from a lot of people, and like confirm confirm this for me because we have a live second year here right now. Uh, but I've talked to a couple of second year guys, and they're just like, it's kind of crazy that they've never been on campus. Um, like so, so in your. Uh, so first year, obviously, there was very few things online. Did you have any labs or tutorials or anything? Uh, no, everything was online for me, actually. I didn't even stuff on campus. And then the same thing for what, for like like second year, first term? Or did you have some labs too? No, second year, first semester, my labs were in person. Okay. So we, I used to go like maybe once, twice a week, depending on like the schedule. Yeah. So then, so right now you're like, you're probably taking like you know second year classes like i don't know bio mm-hmm. course like kinesiology courses whatever and these yeah. are like what like full lecture halls or what uh it's like kinesiology has about 250 students in it so the lecture hall is not like awful maybe like 150 people in it mm. oh, chill 150 people man 
me and uh, me and Murad have have one class together and it has like what maybe 60 people in it 60 it's, 70 people that is yeah, it like, they show up they show up exactly and by if they show up i mean if zach shows up to lecture but uh <laughs> um elective, i guess that's what people will show up yeah offer your courses and i actually wanted to ask you about that as well it's like um you know you're in like mashallah second year now and i know for myself and brother zach um you know by the way guys zach does show up, does show up to class mashallah percent um, attendance rate in this class <laughs> But one of the things that I wanted to ask you about specifically was, you know, aside from just the school experience, right? Like coming back to, you know, school, uh, now that it's kind of uh, in person, some hybrid elements still, um, a big part of the experience, at least for myself, um, you know, from first year onwards, was the MSA. In fact, I think I would, I've, I've probably spent more time in the, in like the T13 office than I've spent inside a lecture hall or any building on campus otherwise. Um, sure. And so that's like a, that's a stark difference compared to like, I guess the general experience for most people, right? So that's a bit, it's a bit unique, the situation that we find ourselves in, right? So I guess as a second year yourself, right? It's kind of a connected question, but how you found the MSA or just clubs in general, right? To affect your experience coming back to campus? Because uh, the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, if I did not have the MSA during the COVID years, um, i I have to like, you know, really think deeply about what I do with my time and where I'd get my kind of uh, social uh, craving per se satisfied. Um, but I wanted to ask you that as a second year yourself. Um, yeah, I joined the MSA at the beginning of my second year. So I was not a part of it during first year. Um, it's a great experience, honestly. Like everyone's really welcoming. I feel like it's like a group of people that are always going to accept you. And like if you go to the T13 office, alhamdulillah, everyone's like they're they're intermingling, playing with each other, having conversations. It's like a fun little environment to be in that's like outside of like the academic um environment of like the rest of the university, you could say. It's definitely an area that you can just come chill, relax, maybe for pray, obviously. Um, I feel like that was actually like a big um uh change from high school. Because in high school, there's not like prayer rooms and stuff, right? In university, I really like that. Um, and the T13 office, there's places to pray. Just to backtrack a bit, like, so I, for me personally, and maybe maybe Murad, and maybe you, for you as well, Hassan, but I'm, I, I want to ask you, for at least me, my experience in high school was very, very different from my experience in university. And what I mean by that yeah. specifically is uh, with respect to like finding a Muslim community. It was very, very difficult to find, um, like for me, Muslim Muslim guys, or even Muslim people in general, like my brothers and sisters, to be honest, who were like academically inclined, as i.e. like they weren't like dropping out of school or anything to like to put it in an extreme way, obviously, but um, and who are also like taking their dean kind of seriously. So at least for me in high school, that was like a very rare thing to find. But um, when I came to Mac, it was like every other person is a Muslim who's, you know, mashallah, balling out in school. So maybe like, like, and you went to school in Mississauga, like I'm from Mississauga too, uh, Mississauga represent. Um, but like, I don't know, how, how did you find that difference in high school or versus university? Is there a difference? And like, can you maybe want to oh, talk yeah. about it? I definitely agree with you. Like the high school, that I went to high school in Mississauga for my last two years. Which um, high school? The high school? I, I went to Kothra Park. Okay, Kothra kind of gangster, can't even lie. 
it's not it's like an art school <laughs> oh yeah yeah sorry yeah cosplay the art yeah, school okay that's still kind of yeah. <laughs> um it was just like weird coming from like a different environment like i don't want to like be um judgmental or anything but everyone was white at that school so there wasn't like a big muslim community there so coming from kathra and going to mcmaster where you see all of these muslim people and there's there's people that are actually like steadfast on their deen it's like really impressive to me because coming from that environment i thought oh maybe it's not possible in this in this country to remain at steadfast level at your deen while also going to school in like an environment um like this so i think that was uh, something that helped me go as a person come close to the deen as well knowing that i have all these spaces to pray um cuz you know where we live sometimes we may not want to pray in front of everybody but, um even though that's our shortfall our shortcoming that's something that unfortunately that we do have to go through and hopefully we can all improve in that but just having the availability of these rooms that are specifically designed for this purpose i feel mm. like that really helped me stay on top of my prayers and stuff cuz i i i didn't want to be like cuz you're at university all day right and you're you're missing like what at least like three prayers during the day if you weren't to have that um accommodation available so yeah, i think that's been really helpful i've been using them a lot and i plan to continue doing so inshallah and it, it's actually very interesting uh hasan that zak that you guys mentioned the whole aspect of um cuz i guess what kind of zak was getting at was that like even if you do have like a muslim majority school cuz i know like misaga has a lot of muslims and hasan in your case you know even if you do have um if you don't have many muslims that go to your school um you can still find yourself in a position where you know you're not really in a position or in a space that emphasizes you know the deen per se as as a group yeah. you might have specific friends and you might have specific you know circles that mashallah are you know and i know that i've had some but you know i went to school in um in hamilton and my school was majority uh majority majority of the people mashallah the brothers were from um somalia and uh, syria like a lot of very very big muslim population in my school yet alhamdulillah i'm you know very thankful alhamdulillah for the friends that i've met the circle that i've met um but one thing that i've noticed is that there kind of it's kind of the situation it's like when you live in a muslim country and there's so many muslims right um you know you have a wide range of like just muslims you know you have people who are maybe law and you know i don't want to make any judgment of statements but you know what i'm trying to say is that when you get to university or uh, whenever there's a minority group for example like instead of you know a million muslims there's only 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 what ends up happening is the bond between those brothers or those sisters i believe gets stronger right because of the fact that they're gathering together not because of convenience it's actually inconvenient for them to for example um you know get together like when the first when the mosque was first established you know it's those very strong foundations of like you know we're not entirely muslim the, the whole campus is not muslim but we have a smaller circle we have a decently sized circle of people that all want to be more practicing right and that's kind of what i love about the mosque myself is um it's um filled with people who want to be more pious and um you know i know for myself i joined the msa because i wanted to be around brothers who would make me better um and yeah like um i guess hasan you know i wanted to ask you that follow up question then is um do you think that um 
you know, going to specifically McMaster MSA, has it changed your kind of perception of what like a what a Muslim community is like? Because I know in Saga naturally you're gonna have a lot of Muslim sages, but do you do you do you make that distinguishment between having Muslim people that are actually your age that have the same interests and are also you know academically inclined as well as Zach mentioned? Yeah, it definitely makes a huge difference. You know, it's not like going to like your local mosque or masjid because you don't really interact with people on a personal level there as you would in a university environment. And it's really important to have good friends. I think I've realized throughout my life, I've had like good, really good influences around me and really bad influences around me as well. And I believe that you're like a reflection of your closest friends. So then coming to McMaster MSA where you have all these good influences around you, I feel like it's just good for your character development and um, for your success in this world and the hereafter. Yeah, I mean, um, I just pulled up a, a hadith. Um, it was reported by Abu Hurairah. Prophet said and talks about like, um, he says, uh, a man is upon the religion of his best friend. Uh, so let one of you uh, look at whom he, he befriends. Um, so this is probably, I think, one of the most, most this actually, this hadith gets thrown, thrown around, like understandably a lot within the MSA because the MSA is obviously a first and foremost, it's a place just for Muslims to get together and create friendships with each other. Right? Um, like if we take away nothing from the MSA in terms of, you know, maybe attending events or, or you know, doing podcasts like this, for example, if you take nothing away, uh, the most important thing would probably be the fact that you met other Muslim people and got to know them and spent time with them. Um, so just this part of this is that like immersing yourself into a positive atmosphere uh, or, or, you know, an Islamic atmosphere surrounded by, you know, good Muslim people, Muslim brothers and sisters um, that are, you know, abiding by Islamic rules generally and trying their best, that from that naturally you just kind of be better. You try to adapt yourself to the community and the people that you're around with. You see other people doing X, Y, Z action that's good. You feel that you also need to do it too. So I think that one of the biggest things is this kind of an echo chamber is a word that makes sense, but it has a negative connotation. But then I want to use it in a positive sense this way. That it really just becomes a positive echo chamber for people to see what's happening, uh, see what MSA members are doing, and feel that they should do the things uh, themselves, and you know recognize that there's good that's happening. So I think that's just one of the biggest benefits of the MSA, in my opinion. Um, yeah, like having Muslim friends, alhamdulillah, it's a huge, huge um, thing that we take for granted, I think. Because no matter how good of a person someone is, we can't go ourselves and walk on the path of the deen as well as we could if we have good Muslim friends who are in our circle. It's definitely a blessing. Alhamdulillah. I think, uh, honestly, I think a lot of people like don't appreciate it as much. Um, maybe like, so like, I know lots of people who, you know, go to like Islamic schools, um, you know, since they were kids, right? They go to like, you know, Islamic elementary schools, then that leads to Islamic high school, and then they end up in university, right? And along that path, it's very easy to just keep the same circle of Muslim friends, right? The people you went to like third grade with become the people you did grade 10 with, and then they're the people that go to, you know, Western, like Western or McMaster, the same as you. Um, and you end up in you know similar programs or both taking engineering whatever the case is right these are people you end up having lifelong friendships with so like me for example i've never been in an islamic school right um so i've been to like public schools through and through so yeah. so so in that case it was like you know 
all my friends when I was a kid. It was very difficult to come by Muslims, at least when I was a kid. Um, and a lot of people weren't like, I don't know, super open about it. I mean, like, you know, it's very hard to be an open, open Muslim when you're like, you know, 10 years old. Yeah. Um, can't like be rocking a beard at 10 years old, unless you were, and like, you know, mashallah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, like, I don't know, it, it was kind of difficult. It was just like, you know, hey, you pronounce Muhammad kind of funny. You're probably a Muslim, yeah? Uh, so um, it's looking at those things. You know, like you don't you don't call him Ahmed. You say Ahmed. Um, there's something mm -hmm. funny going on here, right? So so in that kind of case, that's really how I met a lot of the Muslim people that I know, because um, it, it just became second nature to you know, I guess kind of play off how Muslim you are, just for the sake of like making friends and and just realizing that it's very difficult to be like a Muslim person uh, in general, right? Yeah, um, yeah Murad. I just wanted to add, like, to what you guys are saying. Um, and the question that I wanted to propose, too, is, like, um, like you know, I think we all have something in common is, like, the fact that all of us, you know, whether we had a lot of, you know, um, a lot of Muslims in our general communities or <coughs> we didn't really have many, um, you know, subhanAllah, in our specific circles, right? Um, one thing that I do notice is that, you know, a lot of our um, peers from high school, a lot of the people, the Muslims that we do know, right? I'm sure we know Muslims who are not part of the MSA. I'm sure we know Muslims across campus and such. Maybe Muslims that went to us with high school. Maybe Muslims that we know from the masjid that come to Mac but aren't part of the MSA. Um, and I guess, like, I wanted to ask Hassan and Zach, and contribute as well, because you're from Saga. One of the biggest questions I have is, of course, you know, alhamdulillah, I'm aware of the blessings, alhamdulillah, that countless, countless blessings in terms of brothers that I've met and, you know, wisdoms that I've got and activities and different ways that I've, you know, alhamdulillah, been able to surround myself with good, right? You know, I ask a little bit of benefits, all of us, I mean. When it comes to the others that aren't getting involved in the MSA, like we all know brothers that are Muslim, mashallah, you know, they are praying. You know, the thing is, they're the good Muslims. Um, and I'm not saying, by the way, this is not, you know, there's some, there's some cliche where, like, people think that MSA execs and directors or MSA people are like, you know, if you're not in the MSA, you're not a good Muslim. Well, this is not, of course, this isn't true. But, of course, the general question is, you know, what do you think holds people back from the MSA? You know, from even looking into it, what do you think are the general impressions they get or reasons they step back, especially as someone who got involved only in their second year or for both wait, of you, actually? Wait, wait, what do you mean? Like why people don't join MSAs? Per se, yeah. Like Muslims okay. who just decide not to join. You guys you guys both got involved more so in your second year. Um, and I guess generally, what was the, because well, I knew about the MSA before I came to back, but what's the hesitations? What, are the, what do you think are the factors that play there? Probably a lack of knowledge, honestly. Like, they don't know that much about the MSA. They don't feel the need to join it. Um, maybe they think it's a really, like, conservative, like, group of people that they wouldn't fit into. Um, they might not have any friends, any uh, person that they know who's in the MSA already who can provide an experience uh, for them. And I think maybe with more um advertisement maybe for lack of, of a better word they would be more inclined to join the msa yeah i think a lot of people just have like negative connotations about msas in general uh, not necessarily mac msa uh, but obviously that kind of um, narrative spills over onto individual schools like mac msa for example that being said i think that they look at people might approach the msa as like okay this is just a, a, a group of people who want to like you know 
play foosball or do something on like weekends and they're just going to slap a name on it and they're going to call it the Muslim Student Association, even though they'll, you know, blatantly violate basic Islamic principles and, you know, do X, Y, Z actions that are probably not good. Obviously, this is not the case for MSA and uh, for Mac MSA, uh, at least. And we hope it's not the case for other ones. Um, But like, I think this is just a negative stereotype that's that, that, that affects most MSAs just by people, by virtue of thinking, thinking like, you know, this is just how things work. This is just university kids getting together, being goofballs, and uh, they just need an official name to it. Um, and Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, this is not the case with the Mac MSA. We're actually like doing stuff and hopefully being decent Muslims at least. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that's probably the biggest thing. Like I, I walked into university uh, <laughs> receiving testimony that like, if you join the MSA, you're gonna be wildin'. I was like, what do you mean by Wyland? And they're like, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, that's very vague. <laughs> that's very vague, but okay. And then I went to like a welcome week event in my first year when things were online, I know. Uh, sorry, when things were in person, actually. actually. See, what, is it? what a strange uh, thing. And I, and I went, like what? We just like, I met, did I meet Murad there? I don't think I met Murad no, there. No, we met on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what's it called? I, I met like, you know, uh, Hisham, right? I'm meeting these guys for the first time and just chatting with them. And I'm just like eating Timbits and having a good time. I was like, you know what, this is a cool space to be. And I was, I realized that I like, at least at face value from my, you know, one day of interaction, this, the, what I've heard about MSAs is just not the case with this one. Um, and I think that's universally true for most MSAs. Yeah. And I, I think I'll add something else that I think is a barrier. Cause I've actually heard this from some people is like, um, you know, a lot of people fear that, you know, they'll get judged for joining the MSA or that they'll get like um, put down for joining the MSA in a way, or, you know, you know, that they're not pious enough per se, um, because they view like the MSA, some people view the MSA as like this, you know, there are two Muslim per se. It's a very weird balance because um, you'll look at some groups and say that the MSA, you know, the MSA is a, it's actually a really funny quote. I'm just going to mention it, but um, I think it was Voltaire. Uh, Voltaire uh, was talking about the Holy Roman empire. And he said, um, you know, uh, the empire is neither holy, neither Roman, neither an empire. And, you know, there are probably are some people who look at, for example, Mac MSA and say, you know, this, our MSAs in general and say, this club has nothing Muslim about it. This club has not, there's no students in this club and it's barely an association. It's just one event every Friday. But the thing is that- You have to call out bro socials like that. <laughs> when, when I look at, you know, the MSA though, is I didn't join, I joined it because I wanted uh, help, you know, and, you know, like a, a firm foundation spiritually, you know, mentally, physically, maybe less so physically, subhanAllah. Uh, <laughs> but I joined it because I wanted to be surrounded by good brothers. Not that I per se thought I was a good brother, right? That's the difference here is that the amount of people that I've met, and by the way, beyond my age, beyond my years, right? People who are in first year, people who are doing their PhDs, people who have been here for decades, you know, or a decade. Um, not decades, you're right, decades. Yeah. The MSA is, for me, it's a place to be surrounded by good, right? Uh, inshallah. It's not a place for where, you know, I feel like it's, a, you know, you have to be, you know, have this much, your beard has to be this long, or you have to have this kind of, you know, you have to pray, well, you know, for example, like 30 rakat of tahajjud every night to join. You know, inshallah, we should increase in good. But what I'm saying is that the MSA is a place for us to be surrounded by it, right? Instead of being surrounded by you know, all the stuff that we see on campus, you know, may Allah, you know, cover us and conceal for us and protect us. I mean, but I guess that's the next question, right? It was like, you know, where we've all been in campus, we know what life is like 
outside the MSA. Um, what would life be like without the MSA for you guys? Uh, Hassan, I'll start with you. What have you found that, what, what do you think are the most crucial elements that the MSA has given you? And I know, you're only, I, I, I know you've only had less than a year or a year or so with the, with the MSA. But so far, what have you found that you haven't been able to find anywhere else? Hey, honestly, just a community of my own people. Man. It's just someone, some a group of people that you can trust and you can trust yourself to be around. Um, because as we all know, like life outside the MSA is it's not the best. It's it would be a lot more um, challenging to um, stay like steadfast as as much as i'd want to without having the msa as like there for me you could say because when you see like all these people working together you see like i'm not in this alone it's not just me who's going through this there's a bunch of people just like me they're my age they're doing well in school um and while, while doing all of that they're still on the same path as me, they, they're um, undergoing the same challenges as me. Um, without seeing that, it might be harder for someone to be able to continue on that path. I, I don't know if you guys like feel the same way, but I feel like that's my experience so far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I, I also that makes sense to me. I kind of agree with it. Um, one thing specifically, I think, like, what I kind of noticed was when I would, you know, hang out with people like in my high school or whatever, there would always be this like weird twinge of guilt that I'd always have. It's just like, mm -hmm. I, should I really be hanging out with these people? Like, are these people really uh, uh, people that I should take as friends and like, you know, talk to, hang out with, you know, and, and hold as like, you know, close, close friends. So I always felt that twinge of guilt and I really, I, I could never shake it. Uh, I just thought I, I kind of chalked it up to like, oh, this is just, you know, me realizing I shouldn't be going to, you know, uh, get food at this time or, or whatever the case is, right? Or, or that maybe I should get home or um, whatever. I don't think the MSA solves those problems, bro. <laughs> it does not. It does not. It does not. Let me make that abundantly clear. It does not. Um, but then, like, I got to the MSA and I was like, look, I don't have that guilt anymore. You know, like, I don't, I don't kind of feel guilty about hanging out with these guys. Like, it's just like I'm with good people who, you know, will stop a game of ping pong or a game of, like, UFC uh, to, <laughs> uh, to, you know, go and, like, pray Asr. Right, like none of yeah, my like, obviously none of my friends in high school did that um, because they didn't pray Asr stuff a lot because they're not Muslim. But uh, <laughs> Man, like, like can, I mean, I mean, but I think we can connect the dots there, right? So it's just like these small changes, right? Like my uh, what's it called? Like when things were online in my second year, so last year, when things were all on the brothers' Discord, I would stay up till like two a.m. on the Discord calls, right? And my dad would knock on my door and be like, "Yo." Like, what are you doing up? Go to sleep. I'd be like, okay, fine, I'm going to sleep, right? So I'd, I'd be on the Discord, be like, all right, my dad's going to, like, beat me right now. I have to go to sleep. So I'm like, okay, right? And I remember my, my mom told me that my dad said to her, right? So he's like, he's like, it's really crazy how, like, sure, he's staying up till 2 a.m. He's doing all this, like, nonsense, playing, like, online games with his friends till 2 a.m. And, like, yelling in the guest room or something, whatever. But it's something special that he ends every call with his friends by everyone's Islam, and then just leaving right he's like that's just i've never seen him doing that and doing that because i've never really had a lot of muslim friends right so he's like it's really really interesting just even something small like that just it it actually speaks volumes like to use the cliche yeah, yeah. and actually quickly add on that sorry hassan like um 
is because I really wanted to make this point. It's quite similar to what Zach. So I'll just add it quickly. Is like I remember a sister might have said something. Uh, I think posted something. I think it was on a Facebook post or maybe the it was the Open Hearts campaign or something like um, the Slack. And I think they mentioned or I forgot where this was, but they mentioned something that you know really really you know opened my eyes to like how much the MSA humbled in the um, can actually influence you in your in the minutia as well, right? For example, like um, I think they mentioned that basically saying things like Jazakallah Khair, uh, you know, these these things, right? That for example, in my own for Amma Bangladesh, like these things aren't per for example, um, at least in my own experience, uh, commonplace, right? To say Jazakallah Khair after instead of thank you or you know, or whatever the word is in you know your culture, right? Um, saying the salam fully, right? And extending and making your salam better than that person's salam, these small things like other than adequate. They really add up, and the re- and, the, and the, the fact that you can just know that the other person, you know, in the same room has the same values as you, has the same emphasis, inshallah, and other and such, are better, is better than you. Like that's that that sense of community is just so, it inspires you to do better, but it just makes you feel a lot more safe than if you're just united by the fact that you're in the same program, the fact that you're the same age, and the fact that you live in the same city, for example. Hassan, what are you gonna say? Oh, uh, just I was. Uh, pretty much agreeing with what Murad just said. Like, I don't know if you guys went to last last week's the Khutbah Juma, um, Epic Master, where you were talking about the intentions. Did, did any of you guys attend? Uh, we were. I think we were both at third Juma. We were both at third. Third Juma. Last last week. I can't remember where yeah. it was. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Yeah, so you're basically just talking about how having the right intention and things we do in everyday life can have such a big impact on us and how it can help us so much in the hereafter. Like something as simple as like when you're wearing your shoes, you put the right shoe on first and the left shoe um, after you can make that intention. I'm doing it to please Allah. And just doing these simple everyday, everyday things while maintaining that good intention that right intention that I'm doing this for Allah will put um will help you not only in this life but also the hereafter as well. So I feel like when you're surrounded by the MSA, um, you sort of kind of you you can c- compete with each other to be in who's the best at the deen or like sorry compete each other in like the matters of the deen you could say. Uh, I'm not sure if that made sense, but um. Oh, yeah, it, it, uh, but yeah. yeah. go ahead, Zach. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess, like, I mean, again, this how the Zoom is Zoom, right? But, um, yeah, like, uh, what you mentioned is, like, it, it changed my perspective on so many things, right? Being in the MSA. Um, and, alhamdulillah, like, it, what, like the, what, the thing I love about the MSA is the fact that I remember my first Juma, right, Hassan? Or my first uh, Juma, uh, Zach, as well, uh, at Mac. Uh, I think I was praying at, um, it was the outdoor Juma, I believe. Right. And um, I think I'm sitting on the mat and I, I, I see this. I don't, don't want to say uncle out of respect. I mean, I don't need to like calling people uncles and they have names and they have like actual personalities. Right. They're not just an, an uncle the moment they pass the age of like 27 or 28. Right. Um, so just this older brother was sitting beside me and Allah, I don't know if I'm remembering it correctly, but I was, you know, I was wondering, I was like, okay, after Juma. Probably just some older brother walked by, thought, you know, why not join the Jamal? You know, it's fine, right? And then afterwards, I turned, you know, I think after, before the prayer, after the prayer or something like that, I turned to him 
Uh, and I think I was kind of asking maybe as a joke, it's like, do you study here? Right. I was like, oh, I don't know if I was trying to be, I was trying to be crafty or something. And uh, I'm saying, I don't know if I remember this story correctly, uh, but I'll tell him. And I think this person, subhanAllah, I don't want to say the prophet's name because I think I might know who it was. He turns to me and he's like, oh, I'm actually, I actually teach here. And, you know, subhanAllah, for me to be praying beside a professor, right, side by side at Mac, um, for me as a first year, like that really shaped my experience. I'm like, the MSA is not even just students. It's an entire Muslim community on campus. Um, and that really, like, subhanAllah, like that just really shaped my perspective. And Hassan, like you mentioned the whole idea of, you know, the fact that you're in a community, like of people, um, you know, that encourage you to be better, uh, that give you reminders and such. Um, that's, the, the MSA is more important than the events, more important than anything else, subhanAllah, is the people that you meet, the company that you surround yourself with, right? Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to add to that. Just another first Juma story. Um, I actually, when I when I went to pray for Jumaat, it was um, the khutbah was by uh, Mahmoud Haddara, right? Um, what's it called? So then, uh, like that after, the one, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. So after after the Jumaat, he was like, you know, turn to like like meet new people, talk to the two people that you're sitting beside, right? And just and just you know learn, like get, make make a new friend, right? So to my right was the infamous Arham Siddiqui, all right. To my right, this is this is first year Arham. And then to my left, to my left was Moise Ghazi and like two of his friends. And I was like, yo, this is a gangster. This is literally like the two extremes of the MSA in terms of age gap uh, just sitting beside me. So I think, yeah, like just, just to echo the sentiment, like the biggest thing you can get is like, where are you going to find a space where you can have, you know, a friend who's your age, who is in the same program as you, taking the same courses as you. Uh, and then like, you know, on sitting on your other side, you have someone who's God, Moise Kazi is so old, man. Like, like no disrespect to Moise Kazi. He's not listening, he's probably not listening to this podcast, but like, he's kind of old, yeah. So, like, he's, he's probably like what 60 or something at that time. Um, right, like, where are you going to find people and, and like the wealth of experiences that you can really just pull from? Uh, by talking to these people, these knowledgeable guys, right? And I, mean, I think honestly. Yeah, I mean, and I think honestly, the MSA is like the only club on campus, uh, or you can, or honestly, the only thing in general where you can kind of find that diversity. And they're all people that are like likable and and amicable. Like you all get along with them too. Like it's actually crazy. And uh, any other club, like if I look at any other club, uh, I always say that the MSA happens in between events, right? Um, you know, other events have like their a lot of you know. Sorry, it's kind of deep. Subhanallah. Um, but a lot of the, you know, different clubs and stuff, like I'm, I'm going to call out some of the health size here. They, they start a club called like, they, they start a club and they name it like bookworm circle. And then they have like one pizza party and then they, they put it on their Memcat resume or whatever. And then they're like, you know, uh, let a club and organize the banquet. It's a pizza buffet. Um, and if you look at the way that these clubs are formulated, even the bad, better clubs, right? Like for example, even like debate, um, quiz bowl, which I, I enjoy. I love these events, right? I, I love these clubs. I really enjoy participating in them. A lot of them, not exclusively, but are event-oriented. As you see these people only at these events, you don't know them or really, maybe some cases, you don't even care to know them outside of the event. But the MSA, I always felt, was like the opposite, is that events happen because people want events to happen, right? Um, that people already are gathered around this, around this community. They already love taking part in it. They already play salat together. And so when an, event, when an event happens, yes, it's a 
it's, it's, a, it's an addition on top of whatever they've already been experiencing, right? In terms of unity and community. Um, but I guess I want to ask that question to you guys too. Like you guys have gotten involved with other clubs, I presume, inshallah. Um, and I know Brother Zach, mashallah, is debate president. Hassan, you know, if you're applying to med school, you might be on your way to starting one of those clubs that I just mentioned, Allah on him. What are your thoughts on, you know, you know, how you guys been part of other clubs? What's the experience like there, right? Well, I just want to ask. Uh, for me, I haven't joined any other club yet. This was my first one, but I do um, hopefully, inshallah, plan on joining more in my third year. How about you, Zach? Yeah, like, um, I'm in debate. And it's like, I, I love debating. It's fun. Um, a lot of my friends when I was in high school were actually from the debate uh, circuit, the high school debate circuit. And I knew some people still in university. Um, and a lot of them are still, like, uh, were close friends at the time. We just kind of grew apart. And, um, like, as I guess it was kind of natural. And it's like, you look, I enjoy debating, but it'll always be like a side hobby, right? The people that I know in debating are like my debate partners. They're the people I, you know, debate against in rounds and stuff like that. But I wouldn't necessarily call them like my bestest friends in the whole wide world. Don't um, let them hear this. Don't let them hear this. Yeah, like no offense to Bay Club. But I think, uh, honestly, I don't think I'm anyone's bestest friend either. But uh, yeah, because I, I refute people. But um, <laughs> like, it's... Um, yeah, I think like it, it, not really. I, I think Rod's actually like speaking facts here, right? Um, people in these clubs mostly facts just and logic. Each other. Facts, and facts and logic. Facts and logic. Um, are they literally just meet people at a weekly club meeting or a you know bi-weekly club meeting, whatever? And then outside of that, it's just like, all right, I'm gonna catch my bus and go home. Uh, have a great day, right? So it's not really like deep, meaningful connections that are being made. Uh, like me and Marad are. The, the dynamic duo of the MSA, the infamous dynamic duo, dynamic in like a bad way. I'm joking, um, right? And like Murad, even though like, what's it called? I'm just gonna monologue about my whole life story with Murad, but um, like I walked, when I came into university in first year, I still, like I knew people prior to university that were friends and acquaintances, whatever, um, but I didn't know Murad. So I met Murad in my first year and then we just vibed. And just like got got along really well, and now we're like, Murad, are we besties? Yeah, Subhanallah. Um, I don't want anyone to cry in the audience. So you guys want to get if Zach keeps going on, <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna get a bit emotional. Subhanallah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hassan's right. already crying. <laughs> yeah, I already shed a few tears. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. It's like, but it's like you're gonna find you, like you find people that you just click with, and you realize that you know our friendship. I hope isn't just limited to the MSA. These are friendships that it's like, okay, yeah, we see each other on campus, but also like crash at my house for like a day and like we'll hang out, right? Not just like, oh, I have to take the bus home. I'll see you next time I'm on campus, right? And like the next time we'll ever talk is going to be when I'm on campus again and you're on campus too. This is like, we just like, when are me and Murad not talking uh, is the better question, right? And like you've seen, I've seen this honestly throughout like all the years, uh, not just like, me and, me and Murad are definitely not the first people to do this. If you go through like all of MSA history, there's going to be just like two guys that are just boys and do everything together. Uh, like mm -hmm. like Hassan and Hisham are boys, right? Like um, uh, who else? Like Moiz and Rafid, right? Like these guys are just like timeless generations of uh, like Yusuf and Aras, right? These guys just are, are, are two friends who just like do everything together, right? Uh, and all those friendships were made in the MSA, right? Um, Hassan, would you say you have like, I don't know, you're kind of new to the MSA, maybe, maybe it hasn't happened, uh, you haven't like found your homie yet, um, but I mean like have you found like 
you know, your best friend, I guess, in the MSA? Uh, I don't think so yet, to be honest. I feel like I haven't spent enough time there. Um, it's only been, what, like two, three weeks since we've been fully in person. Inshallah, so, it comes with time. Um, no, we plan, but Allah is the best of planners. Whoever is listening to this podcast, we're putting out open applications to be Hassan Ibrahim's bestie. Actually, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the whole idea of, like, Zach, you're my brother in Islam, and I know, you know, you know I love you for the sake of Allah, but the thing is, like, one of the things that I loved about the MSA is exactly the fact that it's not made in you know, partnerships, you know, if there are people in the MSA, right? Like I know people that I, I, for example, might not have seen for maybe two years, right? I haven't talked to them once. We haven't made any quick check runs, nothing special. But the moment they walk through that green door, it's as if no time had passed. And we're willing to like, like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, even like Hassan, if Hassan were to walk in a T13, I can almost, a low on him, but I can almost ensure that, you know, the people who are listening that me and Zach were there, Hassan walks in, Hassan, we did a podcast together, bro. Are you down to like grab some food or something? Like it's, it's, it's very, very, that's the thing, that's what invited me to the MSA is that the upper years that, you know, the previous, you know, generations that are not generations, generation sounds like it's a, <laughs> a long time. But um, what I mean is that it's that exact environment where everyone knows everyone to the point where they feel comfortable enough to share a meal, um, to even share the space, to even, you know, trust each other, you know, when it comes to like, subhanAllah, like, brothers you know if they forget a watch inside t13 they just message the whatsapp and they're like uh, does anyone know where you know my watch is and our brother will post a picture and like try and auction it but the thing is like that's how comfortable we are with each other is yeah. that to be honest to be yeah. honest i feel like if i was if i didn't know anyone in the msa right now and i just walked in and observed everyone i would think everyone is best friends with everyone and i think that's actually the most beautiful thing yes and hassan like and this is like a general message to everyone, right? Because Hassan, like, you know, alhamdulillah, you're more than aware of, you know, I guess the benefits, alhamdulillah, that you know, the MSA can provide. And the MSA, no doubt, has its own flaws too, no doubt. The MSA has its own flaws. And, you know, I ask Allah to, you know, help us with our own shortcomings as well and our own, you know, conceal our faults and shortcomings and help us with our efforts, I mean. But you really need to look at the MSA as more, you know, uh, of a... About, it's like the whole thing of MSA is not a club it's a mindset right it's like don't think of it as like cliques and such it's like a place where you can meet people who have the same values as you inshallah who have the same aspiration to get closer to Allah who have the same who put the same importance on becoming better not necessarily that they are the best that they are pious per se but they want to be better they're making that effort um, and I feel like that's the most important thing is like Zach mentioned and I'll tie in I guess another lesson is that you know, and I know I'm going to get counsel my brothers for saying this, but, you know, inshallah, if Allah blesses me with, you know, children, if Allah blesses me, you know, with, you know, a, you know, a life that goes beyond life sciences, and I actually live past the age of 30, may, may Allah grant us risk and grant us what's best in this life and the next time, I mean, I would want my kids, you know, I would want, like, my, um, you know, I would want, you know, my, myself, uh, kids aside, I would want myself to, you know, kind of spend, you know, for example, it's going to sound so bad, but spend, you know, the rest of my life with these brothers, you know, um, in the sense that I want, I don't want this to be, you know, a brotherhood that's bound solely by the sake of, um, solely by the sense that it's convenient, 
right? Me and Zach are only talking because we're in the same year and same program. Me and Hassan are only talking because we're on the same Slack, for example. I want these overall connections, inshallah, to be, um, you know, last. I want them to last. And if anything, COVID has pro proven to me specifically that the MSA is not just convenient. Um, it's not just a bond made of convenience. Uh, COVID, it's very, very difficult to manage 170 plus events during the COVID year. But the fact that we could still get together and try our best to keep this community going shows that campus or not, student or not, by the essence and the virtue that we're Muslims, we're able to stay together and keep close. And I think that's the most important thing about the MSA. Well, uh, I guess that's basically the closing of uh, this podcast. It's been, I guess, close to like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, and yeah, and I think we'll just call it call it a day. So Jazakallah khair to everyone for uh, listening into the podcast if you made it to the end of it. Um, I hope you guys learned something, maybe or at least found this enjoyable, maybe. Um, inshallah. But uh, yeah, we're just going to end off the podcast now. Subhanakallahumma uh, bihamdik. Shadwan la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa tubi ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Wa alaikum assalam.